welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can turn with me, we're picking up in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 18. So we're going to be looking at verses 1 to 3. The title of our message is Last Days Babylon Fallen. Last Days Babylon Fallen. Chapter 17, as we went through it, we looked at, I believe, spiritual Babylon, religious Babylon, a one world religious system that will happen during the time of the tribulation. After we're gone, there will be one world religion. And I believe that's what we talked about uh, mostly in chapter 17. Chapter 18 is different. Chapter 18, I believe, is more of a commercial economic uh, Babylon. It's a, a world governing system that will be headed up by the Antichrist. Um, people are going to be very wealthy and rich. We're going to talk about that. But uh, there's going to be an end to both of them. As we looked at in chapter 17, if you recall, the Antichrist with the ten ruling nations, they're going to take out the spiritual religious stuff. They're going to, when they're done using her, Mystery Babylon, when they're done, you know, using her to get where they want to be, they're just going to wipe them out. They're just going to take it, says they're going to burn her. They're going to, so they're just being used. But interesting in chapter 18, we'll get to this, but commercial Babylon that's Head, that the one that will be heading it up, as I mentioned, will be the Antichrist. Actually, God's going to destroy it. It's going to be fallen, fallen, as we're going to look at it. It's going to be destroyed. But God is using that world system for his means, I believe, to test the heart of men, to, to show men where they're at. See, they're going to have every opportunity to repent. They're going to have every opportunity to turn to Christ. We've looked at that. We've got the 144,000. We've got the two witnesses. We've got the angels flying through the sky. You've got all those things happening, and there's still going to be people that still want this world system. They're going to worship the beast. They're going to worship his image. They're going to take a mark to buy and sell. And that's what we're reading about here. They will be destroyed. It, the system will be destroyed. It'll be short-lived. It won't last long. And we're going to look at that over the next few weeks. But here, we're just going to look at three verses. So if you can please stand with me. And I'm going to go ahead and read verses 1 to 3. John writes, After these things, I saw another angel coming down from, can we say that together? Heaven. Heaven. Having great authority. And the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Again, Lord, we just lift up these three verses. I believe there's application for all of us. As we looked at these verses, Lord, may you give us understanding of the text, but also, again, may you please give us application for our lives. How do these three verses apply to us? How can we apply it that we might be doers and not just hearers of your word? So bless, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Thank you. The timeline... As we've been looking at, I believe uh, this will take place at the end of the tribulation period. The tribulation period is how many years, guys? 
seven years, right? So this is at the end of the seven years where this will take place uh, just before the second coming of Jesus. And so uh, I believe the timeline is, is right there. Again, I believe this is a commercial Babylon, a one world economy that we'll be looking at in the next few weeks, a one world monetary system, which we'll be looking at, uh, one world governance and, and all that. And I believe we're heading fast towards that. And that's the things we'll be talking about. Um, before we dive into our verses here, every week I wanna make it very clear, uh, my eschatology, my, un, my end time understanding, very strongly I stand on because of you know, I know others have a different eschatology. That's okay, you have your right to be wrong. That's not a problem. It's <laughs> a joke. I have good friends that believe that we're gonna make, go through half of the tribulation period. Some say we're gonna go like all through the tribulation period. I know people that think that there's no rapture, all these crazy things, but, uh, but that's not, I believe with all my heart, according to scripture, as we've been looking at week after week through the book of Revelation, that we will not be here during the time of tribulation. I sleep real good at night knowing that, okay? I don't know how they sleep thinking they're gonna have to go through that mess, but that's another story. The other thing I'd like to point out before we dive in, um, that again, the book of Revelation is the only book in the entire Bible that promises us a threefold blessing. We're blessed when we read it, we're blessed when we hear it, and we're blessed when we apply it. So we just read it, we just heard it, we could say amen and we can go home with a wonderful blessing, but there's one other part that I would like to have, and that's when we apply it, so let's try to make some application through these three verses. So let's look back at verse one, hopefully we can. So John writes, after these things, I saw another angel coming down from, can we say it again? Heaven, having great, what? Authority. And the earth was what? Illuminated with his glory. Guys, this is really gonna happen. Supernatural stuff will take place during the time of tribulation. We talked about the angels flying around the earth. There's this particular angel, when he shows up on the scene from heaven, the whole earth is gonna be illuminated from his presence. I truly pray when we get to heaven, because we'll be in heaven during this time, I pray we can look over the balcony of heaven and watch this. Wouldn't that be awesome? Because I don't want to miss this one. His glory fills, and some people, because of the writing here, they think maybe this is Jesus Christ. I don't believe this is Jesus Christ, otherwise we'd have more indication that it is. It's just another angel. So it's an angel that's so illuminated that he'll illuminate the whole earth. So again, when we're in heaven, I pray this happens. Okay, let's find out when we get to heaven. We'll see if this is right, but uh, this is my speculation. We'll be looking at this from heaven, and what I'd like to do when, when, when the angel gets commissioned to go down there, because we read this chapter, we know what's gonna happen. We know he's gonna illuminate the earth. So we'll be there and maybe we can do this. People that don't know the book of Revelation, we can say, watch this, watch. He's gonna shine so much, the whole earth is gonna get lit up like a Christmas tree. And they're gonna like, whoa, how did you know that? Well, Revelation 18.1, his presence will illuminate the earth. Supernatural things will take place during this time of tribulation. And this is one of those supernatural things. But look what it says. It says, this angel comes from heaven, so we're gonna see him leave heaven, we're gonna be there, and we're gonna say, as he's leaving, we say, check this out, look and see what's gonna happen. He's gonna light up the earth, right? But then it says he has great, can we say that word together again? Authority. 
Some translations put, they translate it power. Is that in your, does someone have a translation? You raise your hand, do you do? Anybody else? It says power. So I might say, well, pastor, is it, what is it, authority or power? Authority or power, which one? What, what's the better translation? I suggest to you that word in the original language means both. It means authority and power. This angel is gonna have all authority to come to the earth to pronounce the fall of Babylon, and he's gonna have all power during that time. And those two are two things that go together so wonderfully. When you have the authority from God to do something, and then you have the power of the Spirit to accomplish what he wants you to do, that's what we see here. Power and authority. I just recently got a electric scooter, so I'm excited about it. It has a lot of power, I can say that. So it goes like 40 miles an hour. I mean, it's, I wear a crash helmet and stuff. And so it has this great power, but it, <laughs> people are looking like, are you crazy? No, I think I am a little crazy, so pray for me. I think it's a midlife crisis thing I'm going through. I don't know. I just don't know what it is. But um, it has the power, but, it, okay, but when you talk about authority, to authorize, I, I'm not authorized to go on the 405 with it, you know, it's just, so we've got limited uh, authorization, there's, it, and even the other day, Wednesday in my day off, I, I took it out for a long ride, and I went down some of these trails over here, and, and they go forever, I've never been on them, you know, just, but I've only gone maybe a mile, I mean, I went for miles, and miles, and miles, and I kept going, and going thinking, wow, when does this end? And I guess it just goes, someone told me it goes like real far. So I mean, I'm going real far and I'm looking at my gauge, the battery, you know, and I had two bars and, but I had all the gadgets on. I had everything because it has like two motors on it. And so I had that on, I had it on turbo and I had it on three mode, which is the fastest. And so when I saw the two bars and it has like, I think six bars total. So I thought, well, I might be, I need to head back. And so just as I turned around, it was going, and and it died. It completely died. And I went, I don't even know where I was. It was so far. I mean, I'm I'm not talking one, two, three, four, five. We're talking, you know, a lot of miles way out. And so now I'm like, I'm trying to use it as a a scooter like this. And and this thing is heavy and it was hot and I'm pushing. And and I I mean, I almost made it all the way back, but I thought, well, I've got his channel to do the next day and I I need to probably get out of the sun before I get sunstroke. And I didn't have any fluids with me. And I thought, so I called someone, they picked me up. And I guess it has limited power, obviously limited authority, and the reality is with God, God has no limit of power. All authority has been given to Christ, and he gives us the power. Where we, It's unlimited, the power he has in our lives. The same spirit, you know this, that raised Christ Jesus from the grave, from the dead, raised him up, lives inside of us, guys. May we never forget that, but may we always remember Make sure we're authorized to do what God's called us to do. In other words, make sure you're, you're called to where you're at and God wants you to be with what you're doing. I, I've seen too many times where, where people, I mean, many times. I've been in ministry for, I don't know, I'm just throwing it out maybe 25 years or so, but uh, just see over the years watching people say, oh, God called me to do this, pastor. And it's like, oh, great. And then and like two weeks later, well, it didn't work out. I said, I thought God called you to do this. Well, that lady said something about me. And I was like, what, did, what do you mean? And she hurt my feelings. Or it's like, you really, so you're going to just blow all the ministry because your feelings are hurt. 
Really? Were you authorized to do that? And if so, keep doing it. You see, God calls us, he authorizes us, but there's a real battle. And when we step out to do the will of God, there is a battle in these things. And God wants to give you authority. But listen, God will allow certain people in your ministry, in my ministry, none of us are immune to this. He'll put people in our lives that that he wants to use to surface things in our lives, to get rid of these things in our lives. And what I I see way too many times in ministry is people get offended, people get hurt. And they, you know, it's like, I'm leaving that church. I don't want to see that person. They go to another church and then, then someone offends them there. And they're like, oh, I'm leaving this church. And all of a sudden they're just bouncing around all different churches. And I suggest we, God wants to use Use those people in your life. God wants to use those people in my life because he needs to change us. And it's a process. You see, and then I see all too often what will happen, you know, following up with some of them, what happens is the enemy wins in, in these people's lives. And what they do, they end up going to a church and just sitting in the church and not, you know, just, you're just sitting there and running to church, sitting down and running out of the church. And like, you know, you know, it's like they say, you know, yeah, I love church, it's the people I can't stand. The problem with that, theologically, it's not how it's supposed to be. You see, when we make our way to heaven, when we're absent from the body, when we're in the presence of the Lord, I want you to hear, and I want myself to hear those wonderful words, well done, good and faithful, what? Servant. Servant. You see, we're all called to serve. And in our service, there's going to be a battle. And in our service, people are gonna rub us the wrong way. In our service, there, you know, there's gonna be things that are gonna happen. We can choose to go forward and communicate and, and do our best to love. You see, God loves the people that we're serving with and God wants to do a work and God wants to, and we, it's, it's so awesome, it's so much better when we're serving Christ Jesus and we realize we're doing it heartily as unto him and he uses it to change us. And it's not a fun thing, I, I don't love it. You know, I don't like it. I mean, been get you know CNN did a thing on me and attacked me and then now Orange County Register's done a hit job on me and they're making me you know saying things that half truths and lies on top of it it's ridiculous and it's all a lie it's a bunch of you know it's an attack why I believe one of the main reasons because Congresswoman Michelle Steele goes to our church and see her just about every Sunday and so it's a blessing she's here with us and so they're they're wanting to make me look bad to make her look bad and anyone she's associated with so that's one of the reasons another reason why because we deal with everyday things we talk about things that a lot of churches don't talk about we talk about yes call it whatever you want to call it call it politics or whatever you want to call it but we're going to continue to talk about these things why because it's relevant for us and there's no other group that God has on this earth that can challenge these things if it's Satan that's deceiving the nations I know I'm repeating myself I tell you this quite often but if it's Satan that's deceiving the nations only the the church and the pastors can combat those lies and this deception that's going on and the deception is so thick it's so real that people are so delusional and that they're, they're taking our kids, they're taking our universities, they're lying and, and manipulating in such a powerful way that if I didn't have the Holy Spirit reigning in me, knowing the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, I would be duped. And it's fearful. <laughs> but God, but God, amen? Yes. So make sure you're authorized. I believe uh, yesterday we, we went to the Planned Parenthood uh, facility in Westminster and, and we had, these are people from our church, which is a blessing. So we just sat there and prayed. Listen to this. There's uh, people that 
used to work, workers that worked for Planned Parenthood, they say that when people show up to their clinics, they get no-shows for, for, for abortions, no-shows, sometimes as high as 75% don't show up. Seventy-five percent of the time. So, and we actually saw at least two uh, ladies pull in at the parking lot, and then they they took off. And so, that could be two babies that were just saved yesterday, minimum. How many just drove by because they saw us out there? These are real babies, guys. These are real lives hanging in the balance. Can you imagine the warfare? It's like when we were there. It's almost like we were on the front lines of warfare while we we're there. Just front lines. Because Satan is actually killing babies one by one by one by one by one, one after another after another, killing innocent babies. And so as we're praying, it's just that I could just sense just, the, just the, the battle. And just it was almost like this battle was taking place. And as we were praying, one of the ladies pulled up and she dropped off her friend and she got out of the, the car. I don't know what she was saying, but she was yelling at us, you know, screaming and they're using, you know, cuss words and all this kind of stuff. The louder she got, the louder I started praying. I'm just praying and then we're just, but, you know, someone once said that when you throw a brick into a pack of dogs, the one that yelps the loudest is the one that got hit, Right. So obviously she got hit and she's, you know, whatever. Whatever she was saying, it doesn't really matter. But I believe that the warfare was huge. But guess what? We have great power. And we're authorized to do these type of things because Proverbs 31, 8 says, open your mouth for the what? Can you say that? They're speechless. They can't talk. And in the case of how many? All who are what? Appointed to die. That gives us authorization to say, we need to speak up for these babies. They are speechless. They can't say anything. They can't talk. So we open up our mouth for the speechless. Those that are appointed to die, we're to speak up. And when we get to heaven, guys, listen to this. When you and I, we get to heaven, I would love to see, what if it, I mean, just throwing this out there, 75%, what if we get to heaven and then we, you know, we, we find out like 10 babies or 20 babies were saved because of that battle that we were just in? There's people that are out there all the time. I would encourage you, if there's not a ministry you're involved in, I'm not doing this to promote that, but believe me, when I went out there, I thought, wow, I wish I had more time to do this because there's a need there. And it's not acting crazy. It's not acting stupid. It's, it's being filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the living God, interceding and praying. It's effective. Just your presence there is effective, that it could save up to 75% of the babies that might have been murdered that day. Power, authority, so great when those two come together like this angel. He had all power and authority to call out his proclamation. Verse two, what does he cry out? He cried mighty with a loud voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. You notice fallen, fallen, repeated, I believe for sure it's to, because to, it's going to be sudden, it's going to be sure, nothing will stop the fall of this, this evil system, it will be dealt with, it'll be brought down. Some suggest maybe it's repeated twice because spiritual Babylon will fall and commercial Babylon will fall. It's fallen, fallen, the two will fall. But did you notice it says it'll become a dwelling place for demons? 
prison for every foul spirit, a cage for every unclean and hated bird. Birds in the, in the Bible, many times the birds of the air speaks of evil or the devil and wickedness and possibly, but you know, Dr. Vernon McGee, McGee believes that possibly during the millennial, listen to this, this is interesting, and he believes that during the millennial kingdom that possibly Iraq, there in that place, there uh, in Babylon today, where we call Iraq area, that there'll be an area where the demons will be incarcerated, the spiritual realm will be incarcerated in that area, and possibly the, the uh, bird kingdom, the, the physical uh, animals. And he uses, and I want to point this out, he uses Isaiah 13, so check this out. Isaiah 13, 19 says, In Babylon, the glory of the kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldeans' pride will be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It says, it will never be, can we say that together? Inhabited. Nor will it be settled from when? Generation to generation. Nor will the Arabian pitch their tent there, nor will the shepherds make their sheep fold there. There's more to it. But the wild beast of the desert of the desert will lie there and their houses will be full of owls ostriches will dwell there and the wild goats will caper there the hyenas will howl in their citadels isn't the hyena just a, a, a crazy animal there I can't, they, they got this like smiley faces and it's like they get this this look on their face like wow Okay, um, the jackals in their, in their pleasant palaces. Her time is near to come and her days will not be prolonged. So great cross-reference. Another good one. Speaking of Babylon, Jeremiah 50, verse 39. Therefore, the wild desert beast shall dwell there and with the jackals, the ostriches shall dwell in it and it shall be inhabited, excuse me, it shall be inhabited. Can we say this together? No more forever nor shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation. And God, as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighbors, says the Lord, so no one shall reside there, nor son of man dwell there in it. Think through this with me. So if this does happen, the the fall of Babylon, this, this system that's located in Iraq, destroyed, that's at the end of the tribulation period. Immediately following that, Jesus Christ comes back, sets up his kingdom, the earth will be changed. So when will, there not, when will Babylon not be uh, you know, inhabited again? So that's an interesting thing to, to look at. So it's very possible. It could be as, as, as Dr. Vernon McGee says. Verse 3. For all the nations have drunk of the wine, back to this commercial Babylon, the wine of the wrath for fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth have become, can we say this together? Rich through the what? The abundance of her luxury. Notice all the nations are drunk with the wine of this fornication of hers. I believe it's like a spiritual fornication meaning they turn away from God and they want to rebel and do it their way. And the system has nothing to do with God. It's evil. The nations will be caught up in this greed and materialism. And think through this. The rapture of the church when it happens, right? There'll probably be millions of people, Christians, going to heaven, right? Churches will be emptied. Hopefully this church will be all empty. Question to you real quick, little side note. If the rapture happened right now, will you be in your seat? I hope everybody goes like this. No way. 
But listen, churches will be emptied. So they'll, they'll have the wealth of, of uh, churches, wealth of homes left behind, bank accounts left behind, all this. That's just the start. That's just millions probably, right? So say millions are gone, so you've got all this. But don't forget this. According to Revelation 6, verses 7 and 8, the fourth judgment seal, a quarter of the earth will be killed, right? All that wealth will be left here. Then Revelation 9, at the trumpet judgments, a third of mankind will be killed. That's going to be probably over half the world population will be wiped out during the time of tribulation. Half. That's some four billion people will be destroyed during that time. Think of all the wealth that will be left behind. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. Hopefully, we'll see you here later today. God bless you. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, Call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Now, may we continue to go to his throne of mercy as he changes us from glory to glory.